0: It is a good time for paralegals. You know, the Bureau of Labor continues to report that paralegals are one of the fastest growing professions in the country, and that the profession is expected to grow 22% between 2006 and 2016, more than any other profession. But it, it is troubling to, to hear about all of the paralegals that are being laid off. So I, don't, I wouldn't say that we're recession-proof, but I still think it's not, it's not a bad time to be a paralegal.
1: This is Lawyer to Lawyer, the award-winning legal podcast with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. West Coast meets East Coast, and yes, they are attorneys, bringing you the latest legal news and observations every week with the leading experts in the legal profession. Lawyer to Lawyer is sponsored by Law.com, produced right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. We're glad you could listen today. This is Bob Ambrogi in Massachusetts. And I'm Craig Williams from sunny Southern California.
2: Today's show is sponsored by Clio, Huron Consulting Group, Landy Insurance, and Top Class Actions. Bob, uh, as you know, I write a legal blog called May It Please the Court
1: and have a book out called How to Get Sued. And I write a blog called Law Sites and uh, another blog called Media Law and also write LegalBlogWatchforLaw.com. Well, we've heard a lot about how the economy is affecting lawyers. Uh, it seems you can't uh, can't log into a, a legal website anyway without hearing about that and reading about more layoffs at law firms. But what's what's been the impact on paralegals in law firms? Uh, some are saying that with uh, more attorneys leaving firms, paralegals are bearing uh, heavier workloads than ever. So we're going to talk a little bit today and find out more about what's happening with this area. Well, uh, last
2: Friday, Latham and Watkins laid off 190 attorneys, paralegals, and staff people. So today on Lawyer to Lawyer, we're going to be looking at the work of a paralegal through the present economic crisis.
1: To help us do that today, we have two guests. Uh, First joining us is Linda J. Wolf, who is the president of the National Association of Legal Assistants. Uh, Linda began her paralegal career in 1980. She's currently with the firm of Sidley Austin, one of the nation's largest law firms with more than 1,700 lawyers, and she specializes in intellectual property work at Sidley Austin. She has served uh, the National Association of Legal Assistants in many capacities, including chair of the NALA Certifying Board and, of course, most currently as president. She's also a charter member of the Paralegal Division of the State Bar of Texas and a founding member of the first NALA affiliate in Dallas, the North Texas Paralegal Association. Welcome to the show, Linda Wolf.
0: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here.
2: Our next guest is Christine Parazzo, a PACE registered paralegal who's worked in the profession since 2004. Armed with her certificate in paralegal studies, Christine moved to Western Massachusetts and began working as an estate administrator and elder law paralegal for a solo practitioner in Springfield, Massachusetts. Most recently, Christine was appointed technology coordinator for the National Federation of Paralegal Associations. She's committed to advancing the paralegal profession in the eyes of attorneys, the general public, and paralegals themselves. And she also writes the blog entitled A Paralegals blog at paralegalsblog.com, which offers news, views, and information for today's paralegal. Welcome to the show, Christine Parazzo.
3: Thank you.
1: Well, Linda, I want to ask, I, I, I've read uh, recently that paralegals are uh, a recession-proof profession, uh, although it wasn't too long ago that I think I read the same thing about lawyers. Uh, so I'm wondering, uh, how is the economy uh, impacting uh, legal assistance of paralegals?
4: Well, yeah,
0: I don't believe that paralegals are are immune, although you know, we keep hearkening back to the fact that this profession was born out of some bad economic times back in the 70s uh, when we were going through, not nearly as bad as today, obviously, but we were going through bad times and law firms were looking at ways to try to streamline and, and make themselves more efficient. And I guess that was back when the ABA uh, decided to start looking into ways to, uh, Reevaluate the use of non uh, legal professional help in, within firms. So it, it is a good time for paralegals. You know, the Bureau of Labor continues to report that paralegals are one of the fastest growing professions in the country and that the profession is expected to grow 22% between 2006 and 2016, more than any other profession. But it, it is troubling to, to hear about all of the paralegals that are being laid off. So I, don't, I wouldn't say that we're recession-proof, but I still think it's not, it's not a bad time to be a paralegal. I think what you, want to, what you want to focus on, I think, is your education. I'm sure you'll get into that in a little bit, the ways that we can be less, less affected by the recession. Sure.
2: Christine, can you give us kind of a, a, a ground-level view at what paralegals are going through right now in this economic crisis? I mean, what, what have you heard among your peers uh, in terms of them re- retaining their jobs?
3: Well, I was just at a Central Connecticut Paralegal Association lunch, uh, I believe it was two weeks ago, and there were actually a handful of board members that had just been laid off. Um, Hartford's definitely feeling uh, the economy and paralegals there are getting laid off. And um, today alone, it looks like there were a bunch of layoffs at some firms. Um, oh, and Myers laid off 190 staff members today, for instance, and... Um, I've been hearing that the paralegals who are still working are still worried. <laughs> yeah.
1: Is there a is there a is there a downside for the paralegals who are still working <laughs> in the sense that uh, they are having to pick up uh, a greater share of the work of a law firm as as lawyers are are let go and as uh, law firms try and trim costs in other ways. Oh,
0: absolutely. Well, there's no question that that's true. We continue to take on more and we're being challenged to take on work that historically maybe we hadn't done before to to get ourselves educated and migrate into different practice groups. So, for example, if you're working in an area that doesn't have a lot of work right now, such as banking, you might want to migrate over into the bankruptcy area, which is, seems to be doing, uh, which is much more active right now. So there's no question we're taking on uh, more work. And part of the, I think part of the challenge is to uh, redefine ourselves and to get more education, or to take some courses, and to get out there and develop the skill set so that we can market ourselves into those areas that are doing uh, that are doing okay right now.
1: Christine, are you seeing? Uh, what are you seeing in that in terms of the the workload of paralegals and how the economy is affecting that?
0: Oh,
3: it's definitely increasing the workload of the paralegals that are still employed. I read that the ratio now is something like four lawyers to one paralegal. And I can only imagine that would increase the work amazingly.
2: How are paralegals dealing with that level of work? I mean, it's uh, obviously at some point in time, you simply just can't get it all done. And are are we laying off too many lawyers?
3: I would say absolutely laying off too many lawyers and laying off too many paralegals. I mean, paralegals are amazingly resourceful and can get things done, but it's definitely a strain.
1: Let's talk a little bit about the role of the paralegal. Uh, I mean, you know, our show. Many of our listeners work in in the legal industry, work in the legal profession. Many of them are lawyers. So, certainly, we have a sense of of the role of the legal assistant. But how how's that role evolved over the last few years, if at all? What are you seeing as the the trend in in the role of the paralegal in a law firm?
0: It's definitely it's definitely evolved as we take on more uh, complicated tasks. Like any profession, I think is it's because it's still somewhat in its infancy, uh, as we evolve, it gets more, uh, the, our, the needs become more complex. You know, for example, in litigation, back when I started doing IP litigation, there was a lot more manual work, and now those people that do the IP litigation are expected to be very computer literate, very technologically savvy, and the work becomes, is becoming much more complex from that perspective. So there is it, and you're expected to know it all and to stay on top of it all for some of us who've been in the field for a long time like myself, what we found ourselves doing is segueing into different areas for uh doing different kinds of things in the uh paralegal field which historically would not have been done twenty years ago. Like for example, I work in the area of IP due diligence, which uh I don't remember ever seeing that around back twenty years ago when I started out. So it is evolving and it's wonderful to see. Lawyers are finding as and and there's a lot more, that are, they're requiring more education out of paralegals. Back in the old days, you could kind of come out of, you were, you were brought up from the ranks of the secretaries, and you could pretty much walk into a paralegal position, but more and more the firms are requiring either credit, they're requiring either certification programs, paralegal certificates, undergraduate degrees. So yes, it's definitely evolving.
3: I would definitely say so. There's definitely more of a demand for, for education because the tasks are increasingly
2: complex. Are you finding that uh, there's a number of lawyers uh, that are practicing as law clerks or lawyers that are from other states that are competing with paralegals? How does that work?
0: Uh, I haven't seen much of that in western Massachusetts. I can't say that I've seen that down here in Texas, either. Um, You hear about it, but I, I I haven't seen it.
2: I know that our law firm has uh, a, a, an attorney who's admitted in Sri Lanka, and we have a law clerk that's admitted in another state. But they're not—they're um, not practicing attorneys in California, but they—they they do le- uh, law clerk-style work and do work with uh, s- some of our paralegals. But it's an interesting phenomenon.
3: That is, I um, read an article in the LA Times a couple of weeks ago that. Uh, there are attorneys that are looking for paralegal positions, but firms are reluctant to hire them as paralegals because they're afraid that the attorneys will leave once they find a job as an attorney.
1: Well, assuming, you know, if, if what you say is right, that the that it's actually, it continue, continues to be a good time to, to get into this field, uh, how, how do people get into this field? I mean, I, I know, Christine, you, you actually came out of journalism, as, as I yes. understand it, and uh, ended up working as a paralegal. What's the right training? What's the right career path to get into this field?
3: There's so many ways to get into the field. I My my path was to go get a paralegal certificate and work as a legal secretary to gain experience. And
0: I, I would agree with Christine. I came from journalism as well, and I was hired because I had editing skills. I didn't go to a paralegal program. I, I actually got my training on the job. Uh, there's just I think you. there's just so many different ways you can get into this field. And that's part of the beauty of it. You've got a lot of people, for example, that are uh, in nursing that have come over uh, and are now uh, paralegals working in the, uh, the firms that do insurance defense work, for example, because they bring that knowledge base with them.
2: Right. It's also helpful for fact-finding. Um, uh, journalists generally are very good fact-finders, and that's really one of the key skills of a paralegal.
1: Is the uh, how portable are the skills of a paralegal? I mean, it sounds, uh, Linda, from what you're saying, that 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 the paralegal profession, legal assistant profession, is much like the legal profession in the sense that uh, more and more uh, there's specialization, more and more there's focus on sort of very narrow uh, areas. Uh, so, so how portable are those skills? You know, is does it does a paralegal kind of get tracked into a particular area, or are they? Can they, you know, if if there does, God forbid, happen to be a layoff at their firm, um, uh, how easy is is it for them to move into another practice setting?
0: I think it really depends on the practice setting and the and the individual paralegal. You can easily, I, I don't, you can easily go out and get. There are so many online courses that you can take. Uh, I know NALA offers a whole series of specialty programs that you can go out. For example, we've got one coming up shortly in trademark law for those people who want to get exposure to trademark law. And I think when you finish those kinds of programs, then you can go back to your to your employer and say, I want to get into this area and I've taken this course. Can you help me do that? I think it's a kind of a team approach you have to have within the given employer with how much is the paralegal willing to learn the, or get the education to, to to migrate into a new practice group and how willing is the firm to allow them to do that. And and you also, on the off side of that, you have paralegals who do take these paralegal skills and migrate uh, often do uh, different kinds of things. I know of paralegals who have taken their paralegal skills that they've gotten in traditional law firms and used it to create their ideal job for themselves. They work in, for the school districts helping working with contracts. They go out and... and uh, they work for the church. It's just, there's, it's just like the legal field. There's just all kinds of opportunities if you just get a little creative and think outside the box.
2: Well, within the context of working in law firms, are you starting to see a, a, a dramatic increase in the number of hours that paralegals are working? And are most of them uh, considered to be exempt or non-exempt employees?
0: Well, you know, the Department of Labor came down with that ruling that said that pretty much we are, we are considered non-exempt so we're hourly employees in the law firm setting, for sure. I think it's a little different in, in corporate America, but definitely in law firms, we're hourly employees. And I think there is an, an uptick in the number of hours simply because, again, there's fewer of us doing more work uh, or doing the work. So there is there is a lot of overtime being put in.
1: For, for people who might be looking at this as a career, um... What should they expect in terms of uh, salary? I mean, can you give me a ballpark of what the range is of earnings for a paralegal over the course of a career?
3: Uh, it really depends on the region in which the paralegal is working. In Western Massachusetts, paralegals can expect an hourly salary in the low twenties, but in other areas of the country, it's much higher.
1: You mean you're saying twenty dollars, twenties as an $20 hourly rate an hour? An, yeah. An hour yeah.
0: Yeah. It, yeah, it it does. It really depends on on the part of the country you live in, and in the practice group. Some practice groups bring higher uh, bring higher salaries than other practice groups. For example, uh, in our last survey, we saw that people who do M and A work do a little bit better than people who do just general litigation. For example.
1: So, what's perhaps a a top a top level salary and uh, an entry level salary? What's the range we're talking about here for a paralegal?
0: I would really hate to try and pin that down because I uh, I don't know that there is a real a really good solid average. Christine, what about you?
3: I don't think there's a solid average either. It, there's just so much of a range geographically and in terms of practice areas that there's really no way to average.
0: And I don't think we've seen any data that tried to to come up with a national average. I mean, we have a salary survey, but that's just of our members. Um, and I would I wouldn't. Even think to try and gauge that that would be representative of the country as a whole. So I just don't think there's any data out there that's been compiled yet that shows okay. that in a meaningful way.
2: Well, we need to take a short break in our program. When we return, we'll talk more about law firms and what they can do with accommodating their paralegals.
4: Imagine how much easier managing your practice would be if your practice management software was web-based. Your practice would be available anywhere you have an internet connection, completely secure, backed up continuously, and most importantly, easy to use, allowing you to spend your valuable time building your practice instead of managing technology. Start simplifying your practice today with Clio. Send it for a free, fully functional 30-day trial at www.goclio.com. Use promotional code L2L for a 25% discount. Huron Consulting Group's legal consulting practice, a leading provider of consulting and business services to corporations and law firms, helps align strategy, people, processes, and technology to meet the goals of the organization. We also help prepare and plan for all phases of discovery in a legal dispute or investigation. We establish an effective records management program that creates cost savings and enhanced productivity while minimizing risk. Check out Velocity, the first comprehensive e-discovery solution. For more information, visit us at www.huronconsultinggroup.com. When it comes to protecting your legal practice, how confident are you that your professional liability insurance provides the best possible coverage for the best possible price? At the Herbert H. Landy Insurance Agency, we know that law firms insured with us can answer yes on both counts. Visit our website at www.landy.com for a convenient online application or call us at 800-336-5422 for prompt and personal attention. TopCustActions.com ethically connects attorneys to potential clients. At TopClassActions.com, attorneys can review submissions, locate effective plaintiffs for new lawsuits, or advertise their settlement to add more claimants. With membership in our attorney network, you review complaints submitted by Top Class Actions viewers, and it's free to try. No credit card required for the free membership. Go to TopClassActions.com slash attorney. That's TopClassActions.com slash attorney.
1: Welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. Uh, this is Bob Ambrogi and J. Craig Williams and I are talking about uh, legal assistant, and paralegal profession with our guest, Linda J. Wolf, who's the president of the uh, National Association of Legal Assistants, and Christine Perizo, a registered paralegal in Western Massachusetts, who writes a blog about paralegals. Uh, what about the question of... of uh, we talked a little bit about the training for paralegals and i and i know there is certification for paralegals is certification based on national standards or is this something uh that's done on a regional basis
0: well our certification is a national certification the uh and the the certification program that was put together was put together by a group of employers and employees and educators which is the way a good certification should be assembled. Program should be assembled, and it's and it's managed by the now a certifying board, which is also again it's composed of lawyers and uh, paralegal educators and paralegal specialists who work to make sure that the questions on that exam remain current and and uh, accurate. So it's it's a national program that's established and it's got national recognition. So that's what our certification program is based on. And then you do have some regional and state uh, certification programs as well.
3: Yes, and the National Federation of Paralegal Associations also has their registered paralegal program, which was um, put together by paralegals, lawyers, and educators.
2: What kind of state regulation do you see for paralegals? Are there state requirements for continuing legal education and state requirements for submitting uh, types of certifications?
3: I haven't seen anything mandatory in any state. There are some voluntary programs. There's the Florida Registered Paralegal Program, which um, I'm not sure what the requirements are, and I know there's a program in Pennsylvania and North Carolina, and California has their Legal Document Assistant Program, which is a whole different animal.
0: And And in in Texas, when they changed the definition uh, from legal assistant to paralegal they came up with a new set of guidelines which actually recommends for the first time that attorneys encourage their paralegals to get continuing education and to uh, participate in certification programs so that's that's you know that's about as much as you can get as a voluntary kind of program but at least we've got one that that strongly encourages the lawyers to support it
1: what about from the perspective of lawyers? I mean, we've been talking about uh, this as a, as a potential career for for people. We've been talking about the effect on paralegals. But for, for lawyers who are looking to hire a paralegal or to perhaps bring a paralegal into an office for the first time, uh, what should they be looking for? How, what's the best way to go about finding the, the right person and the right fit for the firm? Uh, Christine, do you have any thoughts on that?
3: Oh, jeez. Um bringing in a paralegal for the first time into their office. Um, yeah,
1: or, or even hiring or rep- replacement. I mean, I, 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 what should they be looking for? What what training, what experience, uh, you know, is going to uh, help them make sure they get the right person?
3: Um, I'd definitely say look for somebody who ha- has gone through a paralegal training program. Um, not one of the 12-week programs, but one of the longer ones offered through um, a community college, for example, or somebody who has a bachelor's degree in paralegal studies or an associate's degree, somebody who has that educational background um, and um, who has some experience either as a paralegal or as a legal secretary. Or, um, I'm always big on hiring journalists because we happen to be very good at writing and um, researching and, and editing as well. But looking for somebody who has the skills that they need in their particular practice, because it's it's not really a one size fits all kind of a process as with hiring right. anybody.
1: Right. It's what they and need I, in their practice. Would, yeah, and I realize it would of course depend on on the, the area of the practice and the and the type of the firm. But I, I just, Linda, do you have anything to add to that?
0: No, I think I think you want to look. I also think you want to look for someone who fits in with you know, the personality of the firm as well. The, the, the team player is, is something that goes a long way when you're looking at paralegals.
2: Well, let's take Bob's question and turn it around. And since a lot of our listeners are lawyers, here's your chance to let us know. <laughs> what is it that, um, that paralegals expect from lawyers that they're working for?
3: Expect or wish for?
2: <laughs> well, perhaps, wish. perhaps a little bit of both. <laughs>
0: I I think an appreciation of the fact that we, uh, continuing education, that we need continuing education and and support our attempts to get continuing education credit so that we stay current on the trends in the profession and and in our particular area of law. I think that's real important.
3: I agree with that. I would also add that um, also an appreciation of the fact that we are professionals and that we can handle higher-level work and to give us a shot with that higher level work, which would free up free up attorneys to go to court to establish client relationships, things like that.
1: Well, it certainly is clear that uh, from from lawyers I know that that the way uh, the relationships they have with with paralegals in their offices vary widely. Uh, I mean, I don't mean their their you know personal relationships, but I mean the way they work together, uh, the extent to which they're they're a team or not. Uh, so, I mean, Christine, it's, it's interesting when you use that kind of exasperated tone and say, "Oh, wish I'm, for, I'm sorry, I didn't
3: mean to sound know. exasperated." <laughs> well, I, I live in I, Western I, I mean, Massachusetts. We're about I, ten years behind everybody else.
1: No, no, no. I I grew up in Western Massachusetts. Don't tell me that. Uh, that explains but, everything, Bob. <laughs> 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 but but it it does suggest that paralegals uh, probably feel that that. You know, there is a a feeling sometimes, at least in in some firms, that perhaps they're not being their full potential is not being taken advantage of. I mean, is that the case?
3: I would say around here, there's definitely a feeling that paralegals aren't being utilized to their fullest extent. There are some firms around here that um, don't really know the difference between a paralegal and a legal secretary.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of. I think another thing is paralegals need to take it upon themselves to market themselves within the firm. I think. Part of the problem, we have lines of communication that break down. And I know a lot. Of, you can go a long way sometimes by just walking into the attorney's office and just sitting down and saying, I can do this for you. Why don't you let, give me a chance? And I think sometimes paralegals are a little intimidated to do that. And the old adage, if you don't ask, you don't get sometimes, is, uh, you know, we have a responsibility here, too. We may have all these skill sets, and the lawyers are so busy, they don't always, they're not always aware of just what we can do for them. So we should uh, be more proactive in our own marketing within our given work environment.
2: What are the kinds of things that paralegals should be doing for lawyers?
0: Research. Uh,
3: Lawyers can free up so much of their time if they give their research to paralegals, answering discovery requests. There, There are just so many things like that that attorneys can just hand over to a good paralegal and get a draft back and Save so much of their own time and so much of the client's money as well.
1: And of course, that too is going to depend on you know the area of practice and, and, and what you're doing. I mean, Linda, I assume in the, in the in the IP field, obviously there's a lot of paralegal work being done in in, in patents and and you know exactly uh, across the spectrum. What, Linda, what is where does the National Association of Legal Assistants fit into all this? What what is What kinds of programs does it offer people working in this field? What kinds of trainings? And, and, you know, what is it doing for people in this field?
0: For paralegals, our mission statement is to get lawyers. We're committed to helping lawyers hire more paralegals and to see the benefits of hiring professionally trained and educated paralegals. And our mission statement is all about Education, and that's where we excel. We offer all kinds of online CLE that's taught by lawyers and paralegal specialists around the country. We offer live programs. We offer we offer computer web-based programs. And they've all been received very well within the firms. In fact, we've even had, uh, we've had a firm in, in Chicago bought a bunch of our programs and piped them into their conference room for their paralegals to attend because they found that to be an affordable way to get CLE to their paralegals. And that's our main focus, is helping paralegals get educated and develop the skill sets to be on top of the field. And as a result, we have we have over fifteen thousand NALA certified paralegals and over sixteen hundred advanced certified paralegals across the United States, and that's where our focus continues to stay.
1: And is this? The, are you the main professional association for paralegals? Are there others that you're that, that that serve this group as well?
0: Well, Christine is a member of another of another national organization. So there's there's the two of us in terms of national. But we've been we've been around the longest with these big educational offerings, I believe.
1: Well, we are uh getting just about near the end of our program. Uh and uh what we like to do before we conclude is to give each of you uh opportunity to share kind of closing thoughts on uh the topic that you'd like our listeners to uh to hear and also uh let our listeners know how they can follow up with you if they'd like to get in contact with you or or read your blog or visit your website. So uh, Linda, let's start with you and get your final thoughts and, and your contact information.
0: All right. Thank you. Um, I just think this is a good time to be a paralegal. I think we're only as limited as our own imaginations. And I think it's a, what we need to be doing, out, we need to be networking more with our fellow paralegals, and we need to be out there uh, looking at where the jobs are and getting the education and the skill sets so that we can move into those kinds of jobs. And we shouldn't let the economy... Freeze us, so to speak, so that we into inaction. Because I just, I just don't think it's a bad time to be a paralegal in this country. We've got all kinds of helpful tools that uh, on our website nala dot org, and uh, we're certainly available to help anyone out there. They should contact us because we've got all kinds of tools that are too numerous to mention here to help paralegals. And people can reach me at lwolf at nala dot org.
1: And Christine, how about you? Your final thoughts? And, and...
0: Uh, well, I think. Now is a great time
3: for law firms to realize the potential of paralegals, especially since they are looking to cut costs and since clients are looking to cut costs as well and looking at their bills more closely. So it's a great time to utilize paralegals. My contact information is on my blog, which is www.paralegalsblog.com, or I can be emailed at cparizo, P-A-R-I-Z-O, at gmail.com.
2: Great. Well, thank you very much for being on the show today. And Bob, that just about wraps it up for this week's Lawyer to Lawyer. To all of our listeners, remember, you can check out all of our Lawyer to Lawyer shows on LegalTalkNetwork.com.
1: And a reminder that we're also in the iTunes uh, podcast library as well. Uh, I'd like to thank our guests for taking the time to be with us today. It was an educational program. Learn more about paralegals and the role of the paralegal at the law firm. And Craig, uh, look forward to talking to you again next week. Looking forward to talking to you, too,
2: Bob, and you might want to consider a paralegal.
1: Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer with Robert Ambrogi and J. Craig Williams. Every week, a new legal topic that you won't want to miss. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. Lawyer to Lawyer has been sponsored by Law.com.